This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Solutions, the leading iGaming PAM platform with a modular approach, including many benefits like a fast, secure, and scalable API-based platform integrated with all major third-party products and services. Make sure you head over to Pragmatic Solutions and join our smart thinking. And we are live. How are you doing today, Vladimir? Awesome, awesome, Peter. Thank you. What good stuff. You? Good. I'm doing fantastic here. Thank you. Um, it's uh, been a long time coming, actually, Vladimir. You've been on my uh, radar for a while here. Uh, you're obviously the CCO of uh, Evil Play, and uh, you've been a, a little bit here and there in the news uh, from time to time in the last, like, a year or two years. Uh, I saw that you were nominated as the Influencer of the Year here at Sigma Awards recently as well. So uh, this as a starting point here, perhaps, uh, Vladimir. It'd be interesting just to hear a little bit of in- an introduction. You've been with Evil Play for a couple of years. You come from crypto before that and from other industries. But uh, from your own words, like what's the, um, what's the, what's the background of, of yourself so far? Uh, to be honest, in my in my thirty, I've already changed about seven different niches because uh, I'm I'm sure that the marketers and like sales guys they need to try themselves in different niches, just at least to understand how they how things are working. There's, uh, for example, outsourcers giving like a very huge very huge impact on how how to build sales process uh, when they like uh, some kind of venture venture capitalists are giving you. A, Full and full understand how to build B two B marketing in in better way, and uh, returning to your first to, to your first comment, I even expected to win influence of the year honestly, but some, something goes wrong. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I I hope I, I hope next next year will be more lucky on this. Uh, yeah, but I'm with Evil Play more than like three three years, and uh, this is like the initial. Uh, the company is a bit older, but this is the, the was the reborning of the company when they want to change management. And uh, I think the main the main advantage of uh, Evil Play right now, and from from the beginning, would give us uh, a lot of uh, options, a lot of pluses that. A lot of guys inside the company they have different experience from different companies, from different different views. And to be honest with you, some I can't remember the first twenty members. Uh, at least somebody who was working in the industry before. We were hiring a lot of different guys from from all from all the niches that we can find, except gambling, because we want our main goal was just to change this industry. And you can't change the industry when you're hiring the guys who are, I don't know, working five, ten years in the industry. They're already like, uh, they have a window looking at looking at it because like you're working ten years in the industry. Hey, it's normal. So, um, I think this is the most important thing that you need to know about me. Absolutely, and uh, I'm I'm curious to know a little bit more about uh, Evil Play actually, because you know as a starting point here today. First of all, you know you're a game supplier and content creator through uh, Evil Play, of course, and uh, you are operating in an extremely crowded market right now with hundreds of game studios and tens of thousands of games that are all competing uh, to be seen through the operators, uh, of course. And so a uh, question to you, like, how do you navigate this very crowded market? And you mentioned, of course, that one of the USPs here is that you are um, employing from outside of the industry and you try to do things differently. But can you can you talk a little bit more of uh, how you have found success in Evil Play in such a difficult space right now? Do you know the rule uh, that's called uh, the golden circle rule? It no, is, I haven't actually. No, it, tell me. It, 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 I don't remember the initial speaker who, t- who told this. Uh, this is a TEDx speaker, and I really like enjoy this experience. Uh, I never think how it is, but you know, I, I always do this way, but never, never like think why. So right. the, gold, the, gold, the golden circle rule is pretty, pretty simple. Ninety uh, percent of the companies, they so there are three circles. The first circle is about uh, what for. The second circle is how. And the biggest circle is what. So more than like 90% of business owners of C-level, doesn't matter, so everybody who is entrepreneur and just in control of uh, control some kind of business, they're starting off what I want to do, how I want to do it, and what for. I want, I don't know, I want to create games. How I don't know, I want to, to build, I don't know, outsource company to create games. What for? I want money. Easy peasy. Uh, 
right. when we're speaking when we're speaking about the companies like I don't know Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, Tesla. There were thousands of them. Uh, they're working from initial circle. So the first thing they start thinking: what for? What I want to do? And what the reason of it exactly? Then how I want to do it? So based on example, Eva Play was create, created for for the one purpose to change the iGaming industry. This was our initial. Uh, request to I don't know to to Galactic. Let's call it like this, and this was the main strategy. Then we decided, okay, how we can do it? We can influence the content because the content is what what I mean. Because honestly, yep, casino attracting a lot of traffic. But if you think, if you start thinking about the casino from the structure point of view, the casino just a website. They bought content, they bought traffic, they bought SEO optimization, they bought CRM. So they do this collect everything around around the, uh, around themselves. So the way we, we decided to, to change it, okay, how let's create content. And then like what, what the content? Okay, let's create games. But not only slot games, then we decide, okay, let, 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 let's create some kind of instant games, let's create some kind of diversification, so on, so on, so on. So this is, this is the first diversification of when we're speaking about evil play and other, uh, other game providers. There are a lot of, right now, a lot of new providers that are... Uh, really learning on us they're learning in our experience and you know this competition is driving you because you know that uh, you are not always why i'm loving iGaming you can't feel always the leader doesn't matter what you're doing we've seen i think tens of examples when they really non-compete leader i won't name the company just not to blame somebody but I think everybody who is inside the industry, they will they will understand understand this. When we're talking about some kind of game providers, when like for two years this game provider is taking their leadership all over the world, they're controlling everything, and then a new provider is coming like this and changing everything. Easy. And like for my three three years, I've already seen it twice, and I'm sure that this is not the last not the last example. And this competition, this feeling that somebody always behind you is giving you a really, really, really big punch to, to, to move faster, to move more aggressive, to, to be more smart, to be more trendy, to prepare something new, something cool, and so on. So uh, this is the first thing. And based on this thing, we've created a lot of other things. So, okay, we started creating instant games. I think we're the biggest provider of instant games in the world. Uh, probably we can, like, uh, scientific games can uh, have more profitable games, more interesting because they're just really huge, huge guys. Uh, but in compete with Europe, I, I know only several companies that, um, um, let's call it, how they call it, um, they look in, on our games and inspire them, inspired by it. Let's call it like this. So there are only several games that are producing uh, some some kind of uh, big portfolio of instant games. And we always trying to create something new. We're always trying to change something. We're always using only uh, high quality graphic. We, yeah, the games are more expensive than usual one, but we, for us, it's much better to keep the quality than just to start making the quantity. Right, right, right. And um, on that note, you, you talk about innovation and trying to do things differently and changing the industry. Uh, something remarkable about this industry, I think, is the fact that um, the real-based slot games for 100 years have been the, uh, the, the choice for the, for the gamblers. Um, and it would seem that uh, the kind of slot games, RNG games, would be ripe for disruption. Uh, I know that you guys, uh, for example, with uh, Star Guardians, and other games are trying to do something different in that space. Uh, but can you talk a little bit more about uh, just kind of innovation in the RNG space and uh, maybe uh, potentially if you can go more into detail of um, the outcome of, of these kind of like uh, exotic exper experiments like Star Guardians and other ways when you have gone a little bit uh, differently than, 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 the, than the rest. You're fully right about like, yes, for, for 100 years, the, the industry is the same. But I can remind you that uh, my my favorite example is uh, when Instagram launched. All the people were, were used what? Facebook, Twitter, and emails. And everybody tell that okay, there is no there is no point of audience. We already have Facebook. We have some photos. We already have Twitter for small tweets. 
I, I remember this, the, one of the most popular quote, who is going to, to, to photo his foot, who is going to photo <laughs> his uh, uh, body naked. What's going on? It's not normal. We won't do it. Uh, 15, 15 years, I think, 15 or 16 years past year. Can you imagine, can you imagine your life without Instagram or TikTok? I suppose no. no. I really can bet that like 80% of Unfortunately, no. Yeah. Unfo- unfortunately, no. And if, even, you know, like if, you, if you're not very inside of it, you need to use it because the social, the social already told you that, okay, if you're not using all this uh, social network and uh, you're not inside of it, something, something wrong with you. You need to use it at least like to keep, to keep you online. This is normal. And I'm, so, and by the way, what, what is more important, Instagram has a big, very huge audience, but it didn't influence a lot of Facebook. They continue using Facebook and they continue using Twitter. So nothing changed. Probably some marketing budgets. Yes, a lot of like some business values, a lot of influence from the economy point of view, blah, 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 blah. But from the audience point of view, all this uh, until like last two years, all these social uh, social networks at the beginning, they were growing, growing and growing and growing. And this is the most important important thing here. The same I'm seeing uh, in iGaming industry. You know, at the beginning, when we come the, to the industry, a lot of people told us instant games is, uh, I want to use this bad word in podcast, but it's, it's something that nobody nobody will play. I told, okay, guys, no problem. We're ready to experiment. We have like enough resources to experiment, to, to test it. And yep, I can't tell you that, I don't know, all 15 games that we have from uh, instant uh, games portfolio, they are very popular. No. And we were ready for this. It was uh, understanding from the beginning. We never told to... Uh, to investors, we never tell to them, to ourselves, to our teams, that hey guys, all the games will be bestsellers, they will be top, and so on. No, it's 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 unreal. You need to test, you need to find, you need to find your audience for the game, and so on, so on, so on. So uh, I'm still trust, and um, I have arguments with the numbers that all the innovations can be can be popular. And when we're talking about innovations, I'm not talking only about like games like Dungeons, Star Guardians, and also some kind of new game that we're developing. We are developing them. We know what we are, what we are developing them for. And also we have a lot of customers, a lot of partners that understand this marketing strategy behind this. They understand why why they should have or even must have some innovation slots inside of it. And but when we're talking about innovation, so for example, penalty shootout, the same example, it's fully innovation from the from the mechanic point of view, and so this is changing the industry from another way. Not everything that is three D is kind of innovation. When you're talking about innovation, uh, you can change the mechanic, you can change the uh, I don't know the bonus by feature. It was a kind of innovation. It was never no, nobody used it like before. I don't know, like two or three years ago, and they just start, started becoming very very popular. Only like. Uh, I don't know. Probably last last two years. Uh, also, like three years ago, there was a Megaways, which was just on the top of popularity. Everybody used Megaways, and so on. Yep, it was. Uh, right now, it's still popular in some markets, but uh, some new features are coming. So I think there is always a window for innovation. There is always uh, a new audience that is coming, and if you want to reach new audience, uh, you can't use old school equipment. You can't go to the, I don't know, to the racetrack with your Volkswagen from 2009, 2010 with 1.7 engine and compete with some kind of Bugatti or uh, some kind of Ferrari and so on. It's unreal. You can do whatever you want, but there is no chance. The same here. If you want new audience, start using some new instruments. Some start using, and the content is your first instrument to to start attracting this this new audience. Right, right. And... Do, do you see any trends currently that you are trying to uh, that you are trying to kind of predict? Uh, where do you think uh, the trends are heading at the moment with the players? Is it kind of a lower like um, uh, the, the um, how do you say like uh, the, the time people are focused on your games uh, is getting shorter? The attention span is getting shorter. Is that influencing how you develop games? Is there other trends that you are uh, looking at at the moment that are interesting to you? Uh, one thing that you can't imagine your life without gamification. It's all around you. Your car, your movie, like, I don't know, everything, your mobile phone, 
your services that you're using. Like everything around you is uh, using gamification because gamification gives you more comfortable thing. You know, even when you're learning children, if you want to learn them faster, use gamification inside of it. Right. Yeah, it's another another way of gamification, but it is inside our nature because everybody loves playing games. Doesn't matter. Somebody wants sport games. Somebody wants uh, kind of learning games. Some chess, blah blah blah. And so there are huge millions of examples. But we want something that entertain us. And I think this is the best answer on your question. I I can't tell you exactly what the features from gamification point of view will be, but exactly the gamification around this is our future. And returning to the to my past point tournaments this is gamification bonus by features this is gamification i don't know some kind of uh if you remember it was popular mechanic when uh, you bet on your bet when you're receiving the win or, or some some kind of win and you can bet that you can make it twice it's right. the same kind of gamification uh multiplayer the same kind there are like drop on wins a lot of other kind of tournaments and so everything around this this is a kind of gamification because this is our nature this is what we feel comfortable with and i think this is is what we've seen around us all the time and uh, it's a kind of your habit. You can't imagine coming to if you come into the restaurant and in this restaurant you can use your phone just to order to pay everything and so on just to find all this stuff. And this will be I don't know the kind of gamification. It will be cool. It will be cool experience. You probably will like it. Or what we're seeing right now I don't know the interactive tables when you come until you wait your order you can play chess with you with your partner or you can I don't know whatever you want. It's a kind of additional attractiveness. If we're talking about, I don't know, Dubai restaurant, which is very popular, when uh, they're not giving you food, they tie your eyes and they're trying to play with your feelings, this is the same kind of gamification. This is another kind of service because gamification is just a new level of service. That's why I think uh, iGaming industry is not exclusion of it because it's the same people, in the same nature, just another reasons of uh, playing games. But habits are the same if we uh, if we take the kind of game development aside and we look at uh, potentially um, uh, upcoming markets uh, and emerging markets if you would were to pinpoint one market that is especially interesting right now uh, which market would you pinpoint and uh, why us us always always um my main experience of working was always on West Europe or US markets. I know these markets much better than, I don't know, East Europe, for example, or Asian markets, because uh, like 90% of my experience are based on these uh, on these markets. And what it, what I can tell you in a kind of technology point of view and adoption of this technology, exactly of adoption to it, uh, US is a bit faster than other kind of, than, than other part of the world. And here is uh, when we're talking about some kind of gamification and uh, new generation players and new kind of stuff and so on, everything there. I I don't even know how to compete. All the, uh, at the beginning, all the top Twitch streamers, they were from US or around it. Uh, so all the technologies were developed around around it or by this, by this audience. So when we're talking about the most developed market from the technology point of view yep i will bet on you on usa mm, yeah interesting a lot a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of stuff happening over there of course and i, I suppose the uh, the downside to the uh, north american market it must be a bit challenging for you guys i suppose is the fact that there's only a couple of operators that is essentially owning at least the entire regulated part of the market and obviously there's the unregulated space as well um, but that uh, puts a lot of power in the hands of the these few operators um, what's your expectations with EvoPlay on the North American market uh, is it to kind of try to work with these uh, major incumbents like these four major players in the in the US or uh, are you looking to kind of work with a broader portfolio uh, how difficult is it to work with these uh, major uh, operators that are that are there is it a tough negotiations over in the US? In the US market, there are several points of how how to jump inside this market. And yep, if we're talking about uh, license one for RNG, exactly, it's a it's a bit tough. And uh, honestly, I can't tell it's 
the main difficulty is to work with these giants. Now, if you provide a really good content, if you are respective, if you know how to build partnerships and uh, really respect your partner, I think you won't you won't meet this problem. I can't open like all the secrets. I think you will you will see them not this year, but hope next year. Uh, but it's not the most difficult thing working here. But um, to receive all this license, to pass all these like duties and so on, this is a tricky moment, especially when you are not from that market and uh, you're based in East Europe or like Cyprus and so on, to pass all these due diligence, all these uh, license approval process, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's, it's a very tough, but it cost it. But also there, uh, uh, there is a big uh, market based on social casino. There is uh, some kind of other legal stuff that are not um, restricted inside the U.S., and there are a lot of good uh, partners that we, we can work together with and uh, continue expansion of this market as well without any breaking of the law and so on because we want to, we want really to to respect it because we are going to expand in the US market in all possible niches. Vladimir, you're the CCO of EvoPlay, of course, and that means that you are responsible to drive revenues into the company. It's uh, a lot of pressure, of course, uh, and uh, a lot of riding on your shoulders. And uh, you spoke uh, earlier in a different podcast about the fact that uh, since you joined EvoPlay, uh, you've managed, uh, you and the team have managed to increase revenues by 800% uh, in just a couple of years. That's obviously a remarkable achievement. And I want to... Uh, just uh, kind of go into a little bit more detail like how uh, like say obviously this is a team effort of course but like uh, without uh, thinking too much about the team like what in your opinion has been your success in driving revenues uh, to the company um, and can you give a little bit maybe context to these numbers 800% is a number but it can mean anything like uh, what are we talking about here um... <laughs> Very, very good question. Uh, let me let me answer on the last question first. Like I will, I will start from yeah. last one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But eighty percentage could be like from ten dollars. Yep, yeah, up to eight thousand, and uh, it will be. But everybody knows the numbers in iGaming, and uh, there are much more, much more zeros in these numbers. And uh, this is, I think, this is everything that I can tell. I, I can tell about the. You sleep comfortably at night. Let's, let's yeah, put it yeah. at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it like this. All right. About about the what, what exactly I do. So, firstly, as I told, and I won't stop it. Yeah, I found this team because uh, I'm really I think and I have like superpower of feeling like potential inside the person, even if, if the person doesn't if the person doesn't trust uh, uh, in he, in himself or she herself. And uh, other things we start changing a lot of things in account management process in sales process we start using a lot of a lot of automatization tools and uh, so very simple thing as you mentioned at the beginning the gaming is a very old school industry and it's old school not only from the content point, point of view there are a lot of people that are working in the inside the industry like for 10 years for 15 years and they're not putting something new inside of it they just, okay, they have a very awesome network, they know everybody, but from the technology point of view, they're not putting any kind of effort because nobody uses it inside the gaming industry, so they uh, probably even don't look don't look at it. And I'm when I'm speaking with a lot of uh, sales guys, with a lot of key account managers, marketers from iGaming industry, and I'm asking very simple questions, which are, for example, in outsource, are common, because... Uh, the competition in those in that market is much more stronger, is much more harder, because uh, when you're working with iGaming, you can put inside the casino thousands of games, thousands of uh, providers. When you're working in outsource, there is only one chance to become the only solo partner of some some new company, and for this solo chance, I compete in the thousands of other company, and there are huge giant there are small companies and all of them are compete compete so you need always to find something better you need to find some more creative things some more gamification inside inside the offer and so on and this is the first thing that we started we started doing inside uh, inside Evo play when we start working we start changing the processes we start changing other tools so we have to make a lot of stuff from the beginning 
and this it gives it gave us a lot of fruits from it and based on this structure we start hiring a really cool people that were that had this idea without it share without this idea to change this industry this is very important as well um i think this is the only thing i did like really yeah a lot of operational things a lot of some kind of i don't know set up and bank account set up and all this stuff legal structure blah 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 and so on but it's not not what's really given uh, what's really given result the real given result is how your company position itself how your company working with the partners how your company speak with the partners what the tone of voice you use how you uh, respect people what the friendship do you have with people because you know people are People don't care about what the company you're working with, honestly. Uh, when you're working in business, business to business relationship, the only thing that is really matters is the relationship. If you have a good relationship, if you're a good person, and everybody knows that you have good reputation, and you are kind and respectful to other person, in most in most ways you will receive the same as a, as an answer, as a, as a reply. And building this relationship and uh, Learning your people to build this relationship is uh, always giving you fruit at the end of the day. Right. And, and I mean, leadership obviously is a big part to the success uh, here as well. And um, in the last couple of years, you, you built a team, as you talked about uh, here, and you've been quite uh, kind of out of the box in how you have hired. And obviously, then you need to manage these people. You need to retain them. You need to upskill them. You need to make sure that you get the most out of them and so on. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more, Vladimir, like from your perspective, what makes a great leader? Firstly, firstly, the learning, like you need, you, you need to have, to have enough knowledge to, to study your people, to help them and to understand the process. But, uh, the real leader is the person. So I, I think the real leader is a kind of, uh, old school model of father. When your father or the family, you carry about everything. Doesn't it doesn't matter what so, sorry probably like I'm not trendy and blessed from old school mindset and so on but for me for my in my family model if you're a man it's about kind of masculinity it's about like kind of uh, family caring so it doesn't matter what the problems are coming school problems of a child some kind of job problem with it or of your wife that doesn't matter everything and you need to take care about it. Every, your family need to be sure that you will take care and they always help you and they, they always support you because they know that you are caring about them and they will care about you and this is this is the kind of leadership this the same as leader you need to not, not to be like behind your team and tell them what to do you need to help them you, but uh, you need to show them how to do it better and give them an option to, to realize it and you need to to help them to solve their problems. Do you need to help them to, they need to be sure that if something goes wrong, but they tried, you will support them here. You won't let's, you know, throw them out or just tell them, hey, like, forget, I will cut your salary, blah, blah, blah. A lot of um, bad examples how to influence people. They need to be sure that even if you're taking the junior guy, a junior lady, you will take care of it. You will help them and they will succeed succeed in it but they need to have this potential they need to have this wish they need to have this ambitious to do it and i think this is this is what make you what make you a leader because you're helping them and you always can count on them because they will support you this is a kind of i'm not speaking about like some kind of personal things it's it's another level and yep you probably can build some kind of relationship with your with your colleagues but i'm speaking on at least about some kind of working things because uh, it's very important, for example, when junior sales is coming and uh, he or she received the first uh, answer, no, I don't want your product, it's always disappointed. I remember, I still remember my first no. And <laughs> you just, what's going on? Like, I've proposed you a very good product. What, what, what What's up? And th- this is, like, harmful. And uh, if you start, I don't know, arguing on this uh, on this person that okay, you're doing some incorrect things, blah blah blah, and so on, you probably lost lost the potential of the person. But if you support it and then explain like it's okay, you will receive 100 more no's and be ready for this. Just handle it and go on. Probably like you will receive a good sales manager. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like your analogy of the uh, kind of old school father 
uh, be like leading from the front, uh, let's say. And there's um, one of um, one of the great leaders uh, in history is um, uh, a guy called Yoko Willings. Uh, he's an ex Navy SEAL in the in the US, and he kind of led a platoon in the in the Navy SEALs. And he talks about extreme ownership uh, as like a leadership principle. That uh, whenever as a leader something goes wrong, as a leader you need to be the person that owns uh, that mistake. So uh, say for example that your marketing manager makes a mistake in a, in a campaign and he doesn't deliver it on time. Uh, as a leader, you should take responsibility uh, for that as well, because at the end of the day, you are the person who oversees the company and you oversees what's going on. And it's your hire, so to say, like you, you have put this person there. And so it's your responsibility to make sure that uh, that person does what, uh, what they're supposed to do. And I think that really plays into what you uh, are talking about here, Vladimir, that um, you are, as a leader, you are supposed to lead from the front and the people that work for you, they should be looking up to you, uh, right? They should see you as an example because the leader, uh, you know, if, um, if the leader is, uh, is a bit insecure or uh, feels a bit stressed or feels sad or angry or whatever, uh, the team will feel that, right? They will absorb those emotions as well. Uh, and so it's extremely important uh, to be that person who is like actually at the front at all times, right? And making sure that you you, you steer people in the direction uh, that you think is best, right? And oftentimes, yep. you know, an employee will not do the right thing, for example, and uh, rather than blaming them or pointing the finger at them, if you really take ownership, then you, your job is to steer them in the right direction rather than to point at them and scream at them. Yep. Yep. I fully agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on to uh, your own personal ambition, uh, have me. like, um, uh, you know, you seem to be a kind of a high octane leader and a high octane person. Like you, you, you seem, you come across as a person who has big ambitions and who has kind of absorbed this like hardcore way of pursuing a career. I'm really interested to, uh, to just hear about what are your ambitions in your professional career? Like, what is the end goal? Like, what, what is it you're working towards? Is it, do you want to eventually take over a company, a steer? Do you want to do your own thing? Uh, I mean, what, talk more about your own personal ambition here. Um, very good. Well, you, yeah, I, I think you want com competitors to find me after this podcast and start, <laughs> start, start speaking to me like, hey, I sure you want to do this. Uh, I want I always wanted to even play to become like in lead, among leaders, not among like top ten leaders like like we are right now. I'm, I want even play to become one of top three leaders at least, and I want to to build a really really good product in all kind of content provider, not only in like uh, slot provider, insert provider. We want to power. All of this, all of this niche. If we're if we're speaking about just EvoPlay, we right. have a lot of other. We have a lot of just uh, uh, other things that we want to we want to build. And honestly, uh, just from my personal point of view, after working in venture capital, I really enjoy this industry. But after working three years in uh, iGaming, I can't I can't leave it as well. So I need <laughs> to find I, I I need to find the way to um, to make some of it. So yeah, my dream was always just to return to venture capital. From if we're talking about the careers, uh, career options, and uh, EvoPlay is given this option, honestly, and uh, I like this, uh, I like this opportunity. So I want to to start building a venture capital of uh, inside I gaming, I gaming industry. Probably it won't be like tomorrow or next year. We need a lot of good stuff to to do be before it. But anyway, like uh, as a personal ambitious from the career point of view i think i've already like title well, for me title doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything uh, at all it's just uh, for better understanding for people w what i'm doing what i'm responsible for what the questions uh, better to to tell me what, what the questions i can solve and so on uh, so i have no ideas oh, okay i want to become chief master chairman executive and so on <laughs> no, that doesn't matter like my my title is more than more than enough for me and i'm Okay with it. <laughs> um, I find it interesting, you know, that um, this industry we are very well aware that of, of the concept of addiction, right? There's a small subset of players who, who get addicted to gambling, but uh, this is the first time I hear uh, as well that you can be addicted uh, by working in the gambling industry, which is a concept I like as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I'm, I'm that, but you know, like for me, 
for me, my job is really a, a big part of my life. And I know a lot of guys that uh, share with me this experience. And uh, uh, this, this industry is giving a lot of good things. And this industry gave me a lot of good friends. Uh, really a lot of good friends. I, I, I can't remember any kind of industry, even game dev, which is a very like, friendly industry and they have a lot of uh, good people. I know a lot of good people from that industry. But even game dev is not even like close enough to, to what I have in gaming. People are very good to you. The most part of people, they are ready to speak with you. They are not like, uh, okay, don't want to speak with you and so on. And just to return, there are a lot of people that work in this industry, they are millionaires or near to be a millionaire or multimillionaire, and they're still very simple. Right. Just, you, 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 it doesn't matter. You, you never think about like how, what people are doing when you're speaking with them in the bar and so on, because you don't care. Nobody cares. And that's why I, li- I love this huge business. And uh, as I told, like everybody knows the amount of business. Like if we're talking about US market, I've seen some some kind of numbers in just black zone, which is which uh, US is losing. It's more than five hundred eight seventy billions in a year. What they declare that they're losing from the black market. So it's not the small industry, and everybody understands this. So you you have a lot of options to to scale, to expand, and so on. And from another point of view. You have a, a lot of simple people that uh, come in, come into you. I don't know to your party. They they are traveling all over the world. They are speaking, drinking with each other, and so on. So this this industry gave me a lot of friends. So how how can I leave them? I need. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm. I can't. So yep, I'm addicted by the industry. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, on the on that note, uh, I mean, at the same time, you're working for a company, a game developer, amongst hundreds of other. Oh game de- developers that we talked about uh, previous here. And uh, as a CCO, especially, you must have an enormous amount of pressure on you. And uh, the thing is, like, in order to kind of outcompete uh, the other game developers, uh, of course, it's a lot up to the product that you create. And this is uh, obviously highly central to your success. But another part of the success is, of course, to, as you talked about as well, to n- create those relationships, to be out there, nurture those relationships, always be in touch with the client, always make sure that you are top of mind with the client. And, um, you know, this kind of leads to a quite difficult conundrum, I would imagine, where, you know, obviously working hard is like one of the cornerstones into finding success for you. Uh, so you can always message one more client before you switch off the computer, in other words. And this is an infinity uh, loop, right? So uh, my question to you, Vladimir, is like, how do you uh, kind of uh, find balance in your life between uh, your work and private life uh, without, uh, you know, working hard, but also make sure to work sustainably, let's say? What did you tell about, like, switch off the computer, yeah? Uh, it's, also, <laughs> it's, so, it's possible. It's possible to do it like this. Um <laughs> Um, you know, I think I, I think this podcast won't, won't, won't be so popular because I'm not I'm not telling a lot of uh, trendy things. But uh, <laughs> I can't tell that I'm finding this uh, popular work life balance when you're just working eight hours a day, then you're not speaking on the weekend with with the people with their partners and so on. If I have a partner, this is a partner. If he, if my partner has some problems in I don't know in two a.m. Uh, in at Saturday, and he or she will call me and tell, "Hey, we have some problem here. Please help us." And of course, I will help because this is my partner, and that's why I'm not telling like I don't know customers. Not like it's a partner. It's another meaning of this word, and uh, I can't tell it. Uh, I, I'm fun of it. I'm not complying of okay. I'm working like I don't know twelve hours. I, I feel comfortable. I'm I enjoy it and I enjoy the industry and, you know, like all the conferences when they're coming, how many, how many hours are you sleeping? Huh? Two, Not much. three hours a day? Two, three <laughs> hours a day. Possibly if you are lucky enough, you will sleep five hours and you will be the most luckiest person in, the, in, in your life for these nights. If you, <laughs> if you attempt to sleep at least like for five hours. And it's okay for everybody. Like it's, it's, it's a part of our life. We're already used for it. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to to spend the time with my family. I'm trying to spend uh, time with my friends. I'm trying to, to have a time for hobbies, for some kind of uh, other other entertainment and so on, because this is important as well, because you need to um, turn off your brains to give them some kind of relax and rest. 
But I don't trust that, okay, you need to work only like seven, eight hours and then just forget about the job and so on. It's not about this. I don't trust that job managers have this option. I'm really Davy if somebody has, but uh, there is always a way to make something better. So if you have like additional time, sleep, sleep less to do, to do more. So I'm, I don't know, like I'm sleeping for six hours and I want to, to learn how to sleep like less hours because I, I've already know a lot of people that just sleep less because they want to reach more. And when you're looking at some guys that are, I don't know, 50 years old, 60 years old, I was reading today about the guy who is 97 years old, which is like living in, Nor- uh, in Norway. He's 97 years old and he's still working six, six days a week. <laughs> After such examples, how can you, I don't know, just kick everything and just, okay, I will, I will enjoy my life and so on. If you don't like what you're doing, don't do it. If you like enough what you're doing, you won't feel it uh, stressful, very stressful. Of course, you just uh, have some stress and so on, but you won't feel it like complaining. You will, you won't. You know, wake up from the from the bed with feeling, oh, I don't want to go anywhere and so on because I hate this job and so on. Because if you like what you're doing, you will go. You will do it with your with a pleasure. Uh, you, you mentioned in the beginning of the answer, I have Vladimir, that uh, you know the, the concept of turning off the computer. What what do you mean? And um, you know, you come from the games world, so you understand like the gaming lingo, uh, the IRL or AFK, and so on and so forth. And I always remember from my gaming back the gaming days back in the day <laughs> that the saying used to be that there is no IRL, there is only AFK. <laughs> yeah, fully. <laughs> um, the, 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 so the only way. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Uh, but, you know, just to kind of back up your uh, answer here, you know, as, as, a, as a founder myself, you know, you, you speak very similarly to uh, how a founder would speak because, um, y- you know, like people think that success is like something to aspire to. Okay. And uh, people think that uh, the kind of ultimate goal in life, many think, is that they want to be successful and they want to, you know, be rich and wealthy and, and they are going to be happier through that. So, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think that this choice that we have made, uh, Vladimir and many others in the industry of kind of pursuing uh, success and kind of creating something of value, uh, it's not exactly a straightforward answer because it comes with sacrifice. Right. And, and uh, you know, the fact that we have to pull in the hours, uh, you know, sometimes you have to put in those 12, 15 hour work days and so on and so forth. That is an uh, essential part of seeking success. There, there is no there is no um, way around that. Right. You have to put in the hours. And so, uh, you know, there, there is an argument here that actually, uh, uh, you know, if you want to maximize happiness in your life, uh, that uh, maybe pursuing like a. Uh, a successful career is maybe not like the optimal way of, of doing that. Like you may want to choose another path, path in life. Um, and, uh, and so uh, I think that um, uh, like, like it, 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 like try, like trying to find that work life balance is just not always an option. Right. And, and that's the red thread through almost everyone who is successful. But um, I think also it is very down to the personalities that we have that some people are just very intense, right? Like they, they, they are just high, high achievers and they get pleasure out of outperforming others or to really prove that their ideas are um, actually something that will turn into something real. And uh, the pleasure of them like doing that hard work and seeing all the kind of fruits uh, of your labor eventually come into life that becomes the gratification uh, at the end of the day. But I think that people, some people will just, as you mentioned here, the 96 year olds for Norway will just always work hard the rest of their life, right? That's just who they are. That's just part of their personality. I think it will always remain something to us. Because they enjoy the process, not the result. Result is a kind of uh, award. You're not uh, doing it for award. When you, when you go in for marathon, it's not about award. It's about the process. Uh, and it's about everything, whatever training you choose. So you know the my best, my favorite um, phrase about success is success is a kind of pregnancy. 
everybody uh, uh, everybody seen the results but now nobody knows how how many times you slept with somebody to receive it <laughs> i it, it, it sounds a bit another way but i i i, 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 I love that so yeah um and you i i don't think there's there's a kind of and what is very different difference in the price the, the people from like successful people from non like non very successful and successful people they really enjoy this process because as I tell, like it doesn't matter how many hours I sleep, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, or what I need to do, what the problems you need to solve. So I enjoy this process. I know why I'm doing it. I'm failing it because this is kind of like I don't know discipline or something like this. Um, it's okay for me. I'm when you know when somebody called me like, oh, you need to to work less. What for? I'm feeling comfortable. Just I'm okay. I'm fine with it. I feel good. I have enough sports. And, yep, you you can't work, I don't know, 24 hours in a day. Like, you need to, to have some kind of uh, mental health. You need to physical health. You need to family. All these niches should be closed, for sure. It's important. But uh, it's not about, I don't know, another kind Absolutely. of thing. In, in, in the words of uh, the wise Steve Jobs, it is the journey that is the reward. It is not the finish line. It's not about the finish line. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it, as human beings, we are always in some form of race. Uh, so, so imagine as a student, say that you're a law student, uh, you know, famously for having to pull long nights and, you know, work 24-7 in order to finally get their law degree. Uh, so they are in this race and the finish line to that race is to receive the law degree. So, you know, you, you get to that point. And you celebrate, you know, hallelujah, like we, we managed to go through these couple of years and you got the reward, you got that diploma. But then the next day you're working in McDonald's, you know what I mean? Like you are thrown out to the wolves the next day because you have to start from zero again. And so then yeah. you then you enter the next race. Right. And, and so the, the, there is no finish line to this. Right. There is just always about, as you point out here as well, Vladimir, it's the journey that is the reward. Uh, it's never about the finish line. I feel like if if your goal in your career is to kind of seek some form of like ending, like where you sail into the sunset and you kind of done everything, like that is an illusion. It's just never going to happen. I think that's an important realization if you are pursuing like a, a high octane career. Uh, it's just about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think. Yep, I fully agree with you. Uh, another question on that note, uh, Vladimir, is uh, you know. As the CTO, again, I mean, you're taking part of your job, I would imagine, is to take very difficult decisions every single day. Uh, and um, this must put a, a lot of pressure on you and, and, and a lot of stress on you again. Like, how, how do you separate kind of the um, emotions from reason when you when you kind of go through your workday and you are faced with stress or you are, as you mentioned before here, so a, a big client says no or maybe a big client does not uh, does decide to to not renew a contract, which is kind of like a blow to the to the gut, you know, and stuff like that. Like, how do you how do you manage those kind of negative feelings and how do you go through the days uh, kind of surviving these constant setbacks? I think, you know, like after after last year, uh, Ukrainians have a special immunity uh, from, 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 from this from this feeling like like a kind of emotions. Um, and this this was a kind of a kind of our mentality always to, I don't know, to follow to follow stress and just to, to, to stay against it because uh, it's, it, it's a normal life always like fighting. But I'm always trying to learn people to study people, not to put emotions inside the job. Because when you're working in huge business and you want to develop yourself in this business and you're working with the sharks in this business, because, you know, if the person make millions on the, in the casino, he is already a shark. He knows how to speak with people. He knows how to control your emotions. He knows how to con control his emotions. And if you want to work with these people, you need to to control at least your emotions. Because those person who doesn't control his or her emotions, he or she will lose. That's all. So 
to make all these decisions to make uh, doesn't matter like if told like the huge partner doesn't decide uh, decide not to continue the contract and it's it's, it's okay it's it's been even if you're losing a lot of profit you need to understand the risks you need to count the risk you need to understand this and then just pragmatically like uh, decide what what the decision to make and this is not easy but this is the practice and the kind of discipline if you're a disciplined person, you need to you you know how to wake up at the same time, for example, or just making some morning routine, some trainings, and so on. You'll fight yourself, you know. Like uh, the discipline is, I think, the top priority for every fighter. And then you are not winning with your technique. Firstly, you need you're firstly winning with your brain. Then you are putting your technique, skills, power, speed, and so on. But the first you're winning with your brain because you learn your opponent, you learn everything, you learn like weakened strengths, strength uh, things, and so on. The same in business. If you're putting inside any kind of emotions, you will lose. You will lose any kind of negotiation. You will lose any kind of decision because, uh, okay, what's going on? Oh, I don't know what, what what to do and so on. Just I don't know. Keep going. Just stop for for a moment. Analyze everything. Put on the list. Put the risks. Compare everything and make the decision. It's easy. Um, I think this is this is the most uh, the most important thing. But it's it's kind of what, what was learning from from the childhood. It's in, if you as a person you don't has uh, sorry you don't have this learning. Today is the right time to start it. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. It's just today. You need to start disciplining yourself. This will give you discipline of emotion, discipline of your health, discipline of everything, of all the life. Right. You, you mentioned in the beginning of the answer, uh, of course, the ter- terrible war that broke out in Ukraine uh, a little longer than a year ago. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Evil Play uh, has uh, Ukrainian roots, uh, obviously yourself, uh, Ukrainian. Uh, how did how did the war impact the company? Uh, what was your a response when the war broke out and how has the company been affected uh, and changed perhaps uh, since the war broke out in Ukraine? I can't tell that it doesn't affect. Well, first of all, uh, a lot of people can't come home. A lot of people are still living there and uh, uh, I still don't understand how all of these people are continuing working honestly because uh, this is the highest pressure that we, we can even, I don't know, we didn't even see it in our nightmares, but uh, they continue and they go, they're doing awesome results. That's why I'm, I will be grateful to all, to all my team for the whole life because uh, honestly, I can't imagine. I wasn't in Ukraine at this and I didn't see it, just, I just know it's what's going on. Um, but I hear a lot of um, nightmares that they're going. And of course, it's influenced a lot of people from the psychology point of view, and they, uh, it's difficult. A lot of people, uh, a lot of friends are fighting. A lot of our, some of our colleagues are fighting, and they 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 went to the army and so on. Yep, from 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 the personal things, it influenced a lot, and it continues influence, and it will continue influence until until the war ended, until our win. And even after this, uh, I think several years more. So it's it's not the thing that you know like can disappear like this from from your life. Uh, but from the business point of view, it again, it's uh, probably it's a kind of our mentality. Uh, you can't imagine that some how not to take to tell these bad words that somebody can come to your country and ruin your life and ruin your business. And based on this, he, he or she like us, they can ruin everything. No, the, the thing that you are coming like, okay, we're in shitty situation. Okay. We, we don't know to, to what to do. Cause honestly, at the beginning, we didn't know what to do, but we're strong enough. Let's do it. We, we have goals. We have results. We, we know how to read them. We have people, we have resources. Let's reach this result. Let's prove everybody that no, nothing can influence our results. Nothing can influence our success. And this keeping us strong just to show, every, just exactly to show to Russian that, guys, 
whatever whatever you do, you you will never destroy our economy. You'll never destroy our people. You'll never destroy ourselves. You'll never destroy our freedom. Just forget about this. Fuck off to your home and just forget about this. Right. They'll build yourself. This is this is the kind of influence. It it brought the Ukrainians together. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think no one president in uh, in Ukraine can uh, can connect Ukrainians together like uh, like Russian president did. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Uh, also, a question related to this is: uh, you are based in Cyprus uh, now, of course, and uh, Cyprus is quickly becoming the next uh, hotbed in iGaming. I see a lot of people moving there at the moment, and uh, obviously, uh, since the war broke out, a lot of Ukrainians, uh, also Russians, uh, moving to to Cyprus. Um, do you think uh, kind of Cyprus is is becoming the next big hub in in gaming? Can you explain a little bit of uh, like how big is the ecosystem in in Cyprus right now? Do you also see this like more and more companies re, uh, moving to Cyprus? And what was the future of the island? Do you think? I think it will be a huge hub because uh, in compare with Malta, uh, Malta became very greedy, and this is the main issue of Malta because you know uh, in our gaming industry everybody knows how to count numbers. They know how to count uh, their money, and uh, just initial, without any kind of special programs, uh, some kind of stuff, and so on. Thirty-three percentage against twelve percentage of taxes. Huge enough on on the revenues that are making inside iGaming industry. It's hundreds, hundreds of millions. And yep, yeah, right now here a lot of Ukrainians. Uh, there are some Russians as well. Uh, there is a lot of there is the biggest development of uh, real estate here, and in five years they will build. Uh, in, even in Limassol, they I know that uh, he will build a lot of um, new business centers, a lot of new homes, a lot of new buildings, and so on. Because uh, there is billions of investment right now in, in uh, real estate in uh, Limassol, and I've already known a lot of companies from Malta, for example, that are uh, already moved. Or they are going to move because it's twenty percentage without doing anything. So you you're just doing the same things, you're doing the same stuff, the same amount of people, nothing changes, and you earn twenty percentage more. Hmm. It's simple mathematically. You don't need to be can must master of mathematics just to understand these numbers. And also, there are a lot of more stuff to to receive uh, to receive better things. And also, I don't want to. To blame Malta, I love this island, uh, but Malta is too small. Malta is too, how to call it? It's very undeveloped in compared with Limassol, even right now. I'm not even speaking about the whole Cyprus. I'm just comparing just uh, Malta with Limassol. Uh, it's more undeveloped than, uh, than Limassol because uh, Eastern Europe uh, provided a lot of big influence from the service, uh, from from other kind, from entertainment kind, and so on. So, yep, answering your question, I trust that Limassol is going to be a very huge hub of uh, iGaming industry. And you can go skiing in Cyprus. I had no idea, uh, like less yeah. than a year ago, someone told me you can go skiing <laughs> in Cyprus. I was like, shut the fuck up, that's impossible. And then someone yep. showed me like this massive, uh, I, <laughs> that's amazing to me, actually. So, so yeah, that's not the love. You can skin and then in 20 minutes you go, you go into the sea and uh, have a sunshine. <laughs> Amazing. What's well, not the love? <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be coming over and say hi to you soon, that's for sure. Vladimir, uh, to round things... I love it. Vladimir, uh, to start rounding things off here today, um, just to uh, kind of go full circle today, you know, we talked a lot about Evo Play, of course. We talked a lot about uh, your own ambition and your own success so far in your own career and looking forward and so on. Uh, but... If you were to give advice to kind of like young, ambitious professionals who are looking to uh, to climb this ladder of success and kind of dive headfirst into this difficult path in life, uh, what advice would you give to them? Learn, learn a lot. Don't, don't, ne- never stop learning. Doesn't matter. Even if you do, if you think that you don't need this information, you already like reach something. Continue learning everything that you can learn. Um, discipline. Always, always just create uncomfortable rules for yourself and try and try to follow them, even if you hate them. But if you know why do you create, why do you create these rules? 
try to follow them learn yourself not to be addicted to anything like uh, you can't live without it and uh, of course like a golden soccer rule stop 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 building what start building what for right great let, 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 let's give these three rules great rules for life uh vladimir thank you so much for giving me your time today i know you're a busy person and uh, i really appreciate all the insights here today so thank you so much and i wish you the best likewise. of luck and i see you in cyprus like likewise pierre uh welcome always i think you will see me in malta a bit earlier than you come to cyprus but just call me you know you, you have my number just call me and i will be happy to be here to meet you here absolutely anytime my friend take care